baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Welcome, welcome to Wiggins America. I'm glad to be here with you this morning and happy Labor Day weekend to you. So we're going to jump right in here. Got a big show, so got a lot planned. We've got Ian Camacho from Look Ahead America to talk about different ways that they are looking at actual voter fraud. And sometimes we're talking about just single votes. Sometimes we're talking about a little bit more widespread, but that's one of the reasons I like to talk to them. Bipartisan support we should have for somebody like that and Look Ahead America because they're just looking out for everybody's votes. They don't really care how you vote. They just want to make sure that everything's secure. So that's a good thing. We're going to be talking to him in this show. We're also going to talk about the dollar. How far will your dollar go? We're going to do that next, and it doesn't actually have to do that much with inflation. So see if you're interested in that. It has a lot to do with the reserve currency being the dollar and what that looks like going forward. Will it forever? I don't know. Uh, This week has been strange, though, I should say last week at this point, because of the speech that Joe Biden gave on Thursday night. It wasn't just that speech, though. It was ramping up. You know, he was saying things and Corinne Jean-Pierre was saying things that sounded very, very inflammatory, calling MAGA Republicans extremists and fascists. And so we thought, well, maybe because the reaction has been so bad to those things that maybe he would back off a little bit in that speech on Thursday night. And he didn't. He actually went all in. And if you saw images of it, you know, that stuff's not going away. That is some bad stuff. It was almost as if he was declaring a war that is to come internally, a a civil war that he was almost stoking. You, You don't do that. I mean, if you're really concerned about extremism, you don't do that. You don't do exactly what he did, but that's where we're at now. But I I do want to play a response to that. This is from Carrie Lake, and I actually think that this is maybe the best response anywhere out there at all. Do you feel like Donald Trump is doing the same by falsely telling people that he won that election when he lost it? How does that divide the country? Questioning questioning an election where there are obviously problems is, is dividing the country? Since when can we not ask questions about our elections? As a journalist for many years, I was a journalist after 2016, and I distinctly remember many people just like you asking a lot of questions about the 2016 election results. And nobody tried to shut you up. Nobody tried to tell Hillary Clinton to shut up. Nobody tried to tell Kamala Harris when she was questioning the uh, legitimacy of these electronic voting machines to stop. We're, we have freedom of speech in this country, and you of all people should appreciate that. You're supposedly a journalist. You should appreciate that. So I don't see how asking questions about an election where there are many problems is dividing a country. What I do see dividing a country is shutting people down, censoring people, canceling people, trying to destroy people's lives when they do ask questions. Last I heard, we still have the Constitution. It's hanging by a thread, thanks to some of the work some people in this area have done. But we're going to save that Constitution, and we're going to bring back freedom of speech. And maybe someday you'll thank us for that. 
That is Carrie Lake, possible next governor of Arizona, with an absolute perfect response for a variety of reasons. One being that it's not just that this is the first time anybody's questioned election results. And not just because it's whataboutism. This isn't, well, they did it, so we can do it. It's because that's what you do in a free society. You can ask those questions. You can. That's what we're supposed to be doing. You can ask whatever you want. You're supposed to be able to without the White House coming out and standing in front of a red backdrop and calling you extremists and saying we have to crack down on you, whatever that means, that she talks about shutting people down and shutting people out. If you feel like you don't have a voice, you're going to react. The worst thing possible for the president to do is to tell a whole bunch of people they're basically not welcome in society. That's what's happening on social media. That's what's happening a whole lot of places. People are being censored and they react. They don't like it. Don't do that to people. Disagree with them, but bring them in. More Wiggins America coming up. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I reported to you a couple weeks ago that the U.S. dollar was actually doing really, really well, which is in contrast to what we would think. You know, if you're just looking at the economy, you're thinking about the U.S. dollar versus other currencies, you'd think it's pretty weak. Part of that is because of everything that we're experiencing with inflation and our own, our own personal worlds of our own personal economies. But the thing is, the rest of the world... It kind of sucks out there. United States is supposed to be the leader of the free world and therefore the leader of the economy, the world economy. And so when the whole world's economy sucks and all major currencies overprinted money, including ours, really you're just comparing our currency to other bad decisions by other world governments and other currencies. And I am specifically talking about Japan and the UK and the Euro, but Ultimately, China is not doing great either. They don't want you to know that, and that's why you won't hear much about them, but they're in trouble, you guys. Uh, so let's let's make this today's tale from the dark side. There is unseen by most an underworld, a place that is just as real, but not as brightly lit. A dark side. So while the dollar had been almost even, and I think it actually had reached even, or has reached even, with the euro, which is the first time it's done that, maybe ever, or at least from right when the euro started. Um, that, to me, and they were reporting that, like, eh, I don't know about it. That, to me, was a good thing. Because, yes, while the dollar is not what it should be, we should have a really strong dollar because of the economy that we had for roughly four years under President Donald J. Trump. Well, we ruined that, and but so did the rest of the world. So the dollars remain strong. Well, this month, as the dollar has surged to levels that we haven't seen for almost 20 years, analysts invoked the old uh, Tina argument, and I'll explain what that is, to predict more gains ahead for the dollar. 
What happened, though, two decades ago suggests the dollar is actually closer to peaking than rallying further. And that's my argument is that if we had been so here as stocks have fallen and think back to the dot com bust okay, of the early 2000s, the dollar continued rising before entering a decline that started in 2002 and then lasted six years. So a similar turning point looks like it's near right now. And this time the U.S. currency's decline could last longer. Adjusted for inflation or not, the value of the dollar against other major currencies is now 20% above its long-term trend. So what happens usually when we reach these super high water marks? It usually doesn't keep going. And that's not that it can't. It's just that if you look at trends, it usually doesn't. And we're already past where... So the typical upswing of the dollar usually lasts about seven years. The current upswing is in its 11th year. And all the fundamentals suggest that it's it's overblown. So the problem is this was probably going to happen in about 2020, 2021, You'd start to see it it relax a little bit that the dollar would you know not have this this current dominancy continue, but then COVID happened and everybody was so afraid and everything locked down everybody shut down everybody grasped what they had, and then when when that happens when there's fear everybody runs to safe havens and the dollar typically is one of those, so that's what's happening right now and that's what's happening. In the last 50 years, looking at trends and things, you know, when the dollar rises, when the dollar falls. But get this, since the 15th century, so you talk about some historical context, here you go. The last five global empires that have issued the world's reserve currency, so the, the, the monetary system that people used around the world, even if they weren't living in the Roman Empire, you know, I'm not actually talking about the Roman Empire because we're talking about 15th century, but if they're not living in that society, people would say, well, yeah, but that country is strong or that empire is strong, so their currency was always the strongest. Um, the one that's most often used lasts about 94 years on average. The dollar has had reserve status for more than 100 years. So this is some big, broad economic stuff that we're looking at here that it may not impact the way you handle your 401k tomorrow. Although I guess maybe if, if we're really close to the dollar starting to go into a, a, a decline pattern, then I guess that could. But talking about since the 15th century, you know, that's, don't, don't make your, your portfolio decisions based on that. It's just looking at historical context. And I think what's interesting to me is that this article in particular – which is, I think, from Forbes or Financial Times, is looking at things in such a broad context because it is time to start looking at that, and a lot of people are. And the reason that they are is not just because the United States is at that is at that mark, you know, that 100-year mark, 93 years is what they said, 94 years, whatever, that we're already past that of being the world's reserve currency, but that there are things on the horizon globally and I think two things that they brought up a few, but I think two that we've talked about quite a bit here that should be on your radar, even if you don't really know exactly what they mean or what'll happen. One of those is Russia. And that is a current event, Russia and China and maybe, maybe, maybe some other countries in there. Hopefully not India. India seems to really hate China. 
They've got a lot of conflict going on. So, but if the, if India were to join into this pact and and they they form a, an alliance with their currency, because that's what's happened with Russia and China already, then you're going to see some real problems for the dollar. It won't destroy us, but we may not be the world's reserve currency anymore. In fact, that may be real soon. That may be happening right now. And the minute that happens, that that's that means that your dollar doesn't go as far. Well, all of a sudden, all the things we got to buy from overseas, which shouldn't be a lot, we got to be bringing this stuff home. We got to be producing chips here. We got to be pumping oil here. We got to be making manu- manufacturing stuff has got to move back here or at least to the Western hemisphere. That's the one is that if we have a reserve currency moving toward other countries that will hurt our ability to buy things from other countries. However, like I just said, we want them all to be produced here anyway. Number two, cryptocurrencies. Now this is a big, big world of There's a lot of complexity, but the reason that it's interesting is not because of just Bitcoin and watching the rise and fall of Bitcoin within your stock portfolio, if you have any crypto. Don't know if you do. Bitcoin has taken a bruising over the last couple of years, which is surprising because you'd think that in this kind of economy, people be looking for something outside of world governments being able to manipulate things and Bitcoin would go up, but it hasn't. So world governments, including the United States, are talking about creating their own cryptocurrencies that are backed by the power of these countries and these states. If that starts to happen, that could really shake things up. Will it look, what what it'll look like? I don't know. Will it bolster independent cryptocurrencies like Ethereum and Bitcoin? Because people don't want to be associated with governments. For instance, if we move to all digital currency at some point, I don't know if that'll happen, but, you know, (laughs) read the writing on the wall at some point, hopefully not in my lifetime, but at some point it probably will happen that we'll move to all digital currencies. Hate the idea, but it's very, very likely. Will people want to have independent currencies or will they want to run to state adopted cryptocurrencies? I don't know. And if they're state adopted cryptocurrencies, can they be tampered with? Another big question. You can't just print cryptocurrency like you want to. There's a very, very finite amount that that grows by. Well, that would limit governments if they chose to do the same thing. So that could, in theory, be a good thing. But I think we know, based on the history of the world and the human heart, governments may say that's their goal. Don't think that they'll actually do that. All right. There's a crash course in world economics. I think we got all that in. Did you get anything from it? Stick around. More Wiggins America. Yes. Bush. All right, Trisha. Seekman is in studio and her brain is mush. Hi, Ryan. Hi. I so I said you got stuff, you know, because we a lot of times we do this segment called Serious Questions. And I decided since it's Labor Day, we're doing like Labor Day special, we'll skip kind of the some of the normal stuff. Old Roy's not here. So let's talk about some other stuff. And you said, Well, I don't have any other stuff. Oh, except for this one thing that is the most fascinating thing anybody has told me all week. Yeah. 
I've got nothing, but I did just have my first psychic reading. Okay. My mind goes to a whole lot of questions. Okay. But I want to hear the story first, and then I'll ask those questions. How did this come about? All right. So I joined a book club. Some friends of ours moved home from Colorado. Uh, My girlfriend that is orchestrating the thing is... I'm going to use the word extra kindly, but she is a party planner and she is um, over the top and she likes to surprise people. Well, there's a psychic component to the book we just read. We meet for book club. She's got a psychic there to do readings for all of us. Okay, wait a second now. You're reading, is it a fiction book? It's a fiction book. It's called Leaving Time by Jodi Picoult. And there's uh, one of the main characters is a psychic. Okay. So as part of That sounds totally fun to me. Right. That's cool, right? Uh, As part of the theme of book club night- she brought in an actual psychic. What is your what is your reaction when you find this out? So I'm sitting there. I walk in. She's got this long table set up, centerpieces. It smells amazing. Uh, everybody's got a name tag. I, extra in a loving way, right? I'm sitting there. I'm on the floor with the dog, and all of a sudden somebody goes, there's a psychic here. And my heart went, like, from my chest to my stomach because I've never— It scares me, honestly. Yes. That's my reaction, Mm -hmm. too, is not today, Satan. I'm not doing this. (laughs) And in fact, I've had a side story I I don't want to take away because I really want to hear it. But I was in the hospital once probably about 15 years ago. So I've got cystic fibrosis. It was getting kind of bad. I went in for what they call a tune-up, which I actually haven't had to do in a long time. Um, But they they give you IV antibiotics. Mm -hmm. Well, this was at Barnes Wash U. And I don't know if this lady was a volunteer or whether she's a paid, you know, like part-time spiritual advisor or something. Because they have pastors and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, on staff and rabbis and things. So I don't know if she was in that category or what. But she walks into my room and she's wearing a lot of that jewelry and a lot of the crystal-y, necklace-y stuff. And I was already like, oh, you don't look like a nurse, you know. (laughs) So I'm not sure who this is. And she says, hey... Uh, don't worry about me. I'm just here to sort of make the air better. And I'm like, what does that mean? So she was a spiritual. So she starts rolling. Like, I'm just laying in the bed. Or guide or something. Yeah. <clears throat> she, I'm laying in the bed. And I, I think what she commonly does is walks into a room. Somebody kind of doesn't pay much attention. And she just says, I'm just here to basically make the spiritual air better. And then people just go, well, okay, whatever. And she kind of ro- moves her hands over me. She's not touching me, just kind of like hovering over me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I was like, all right, I'm 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 not one of those people who's just going to go, oh, great. This is probably fine. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's like, she's like, I'm just trying to improve your chakras. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that whole Reiki thing. What is chakras? Mm-hmm. And then she starts telling me what they are. And I'm like, what is this based in? And I'm digging, digging, digging to where she finally goes, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So then I'm like, well, let me tell you what I believe. And I told her, like, this is what I believe about Jesus. This is what I believe about spirituality. And there's some common ground, I think, with a lot of those people. I'm not sure that those things are mutually exclusive. Not entirely. I'm not sure that there aren't elements of just the holistic spiritual experience, which I believe was what she was doing with that. I've heard of the Reiki and the chakras and the the aligning different parts of your auras. But I'm not sure that that doesn't mean God's not a thing. Like, I don't think yeah. God isn't and Jesus aren't and a part of that. And that's the hard part is that it's that's different for every single person. Right. So you could ask one person, they'd be like, no, I don't believe in that, but I do believe in this. But so are beliefs, right? 
And yes, which is why you have to have the conversations, mm-hmm. which is why ultimately we're having the conversation. Yeah. But to conclude that story, because I really want to like dive into what okay, you're did talking she about. find anything? Did you feel better after she, she chakraed you? Ultimately, I I think she felt like I was I was giving her the third degree. Like, what do you believe? Why do you believe kind it? Kind of resisting. And she ended up realizing that the more I dug, the more she really didn't know why. Like, mm-hmm. well, why does this happen? I don't, I don't really know, you know, and it's okay. I wasn't trying to like, I wasn't trying to destroy her or anything. I wasn't coming at her. Could you pick apart anybody's beliefs if you sure, try hard but enough? To me, I enjoy those conversations. Sure. And if somebody wants to try to pick apart my beliefs as a Christian, I'm like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And if there's any area where I don't know, let me be stronger and, and come at that differently next time, you know? Because to me, that is the point, is is truth with a capital T. And so anyway, I walked away from that experience just kind of that she, I think she kind of walked away going, you know what, I this stuff's <laughs> kind of nice, but I really probably should have a little bit more concrete answers for what I'm doing. But anyway, so that's that's, that's the no, side that's story. that's a good story. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail it. No, no, I, no, I, that, I derailed it. Please, I want to hear what happens now. Do they say, okay, you're getting a reading? Well, before I even go into okay. the reading, right? So we're all scheduled for 10-minute windows, and we're sitting at a long table having dinner, organized book club, right? We're all taking turns reading the questions in our envelope, and we're having discussions about the book, and it was great. It was honestly a really fun experience. All of a sudden, she comes out of the room, and she has been with another girl that was at the table, and she says, okay, she's like, a spirit is coming at me really hard. And Wait, she, the psychic The psychic this? comes out to the, like, general je- dinner table. Okay. She says, who here lost somebody to suicide. It's a man uh, with a rope or a cord around his neck, definitely died of suicide, knows somebody in this house, but it's not the person I was doing the reading for. Everybody's like, oh, is that you? Is that you? And she's like, I'm telling you, he's insisting that he knows somebody here. And what the girl sitting next to me goes, well, my husband's uncle died that way. And she's like, get in here. We're doing your reading now. And so she brought this girl in. So not only are we all kind of feeling this whole experience is like you're surprised, you're not sure, then all of a sudden this happens. So now we're like, the hell was that? Is there any way the psychic could have looked up anybody's name ahead of time and found this information? Because that's where my mind goes right away. Well, that is how where your mind goes. But this was a girl that didn't know she was getting a reading. That was a late edition of the book club. Okay. You know, so it would have been tough to do there some sort four, of background. There were on 14 it. women. It would have been hard to deep dive into all 14 women. Okay, for this woman that didn't know anybody, for the, especially but one of that them. one. Correct. Okay, and it was a very obscure connection, right? Like uh-huh. my husband's uncle. It's and it's to me that one is specific enough because if you go, there's somebody's connected to a suicide in the room. Yeah. Well, you got 14 people. Somebody's, Somebody's going to be connected to a suicide. suicide, but to be like it's a man and he hung himself, or you got a quarter on his quarter neck or whatever. Rope, yeah, that's you're getting pretty specific, mm-hmm. and you're you're setting yourself up for possible failure. Yep. If you're, you know, game in the system, if you're trying to do mm-hmm. this, so I, I'm a little bit impressed and also a little bit afraid. Got one. Okay. So she does her reading. Apparently, that guy, that spirit, uh, wanted to communicate that the reason he took his own life was for financial reasons, not necessarily that he was going bankrupt, but like it could have even been like an insurance thing. I don't know all of the details. I wasn't in the room for that. I was just in the room for the shocking part. 
So then we're sitting there talking, 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 and all of a sudden it's my turn. I'm like, okay. Has everybody gone? Like, are you in the middle of the pack? I'm or? middle of the okay. pack. And the first one of my good girlfriends that was there said she went in. The psychic said, uh, who stole from your grandpa? And that was like a whole thing. Oh, man. Right. Um, so so she comes out and she's like, that woman's on the nose. So, so I go you're getting in, ready to go in. I'm going in with well, all of this background. Let me ask you this. Okay. <clears throat> what are you afraid of at this point? Can you identify it? Is it the kind of stuff I'm talking about? That like, oh, these are dark spirits, though. I am not necessarily afraid of the spirits. I guess I'm... I think that there's a part of me that thinks that there are some things that should just be left unknown. Okay. And even if people are guessing, I'm a little bit afraid of what those guesses could be and how it could impact my perception of reality post to that, even if it's not true. Like it's going to mess with you psychologically. Correct. And it did. Don't worry. It did. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Looking forward to that. So I go in. Man, I'm going to I'm going to have to edit a little bit of this, but I go in and I sit down and, you know, hi, I'm Trish and hi, I'm so and so. And she's like, what's your birthday? Full birthday. That was the only question she asked. And then she said, do you have a question in mind? Because we were asked to come up with a question for. No, I don't. I had no idea we were doing this. Sorry if that throws off your process, but I can give you nothing else. She's like, that's fine. So she has me cut the deck of tarot cards into three and then stack them on top of each other. And then she lays them out and she goes, okay. She's like, you're really good at leaving the past in the past. There are some things that bother you, but you're dealing with them in a healthy way. And I think that's good. And then she asked me about my relationship status. And she said she could tell I was in a strong union. She's like, it seems like you're married already. I'm like, no. She's like, okay and kind of looked at me i was like well we've been together a long time she's like that makes sense she's like it shows a strong union that's established she's like that's the one going forward you will um you're only gonna have one marriage this is your person good job selecting it and then she went through some stuff um careers family some things that i don't necessarily want to share with the world okay but kind of resonated you know okay uh and then she says um there's a spirit coming through she used an initial it wasn't something i could identify immediately but when i did come up with a name she's like it's for sure this initial it's not another initial i'm telling you this is who it is and then i came up with a name she's like yep that's who it is and this is what they say and this is what they say to tell Somebody else that's connected to the situation. It was a pretty strong initial. Like it was somebody that spiritually that I speak to on a regular basis. Is it somebody who has died? It's somebody who has died. Okay. Um, And it's somebody that when I go on my walks in the morning and like go through like my, you know, prayers and thinking and speaking to you know, I'll, I'll walk often and be like, Grandma, good morning. You know, I, I have a mm-hmm. connection with, and I think a lot of that's for inner peace. But this is somebody that I do talk to that she said was talking to me back. I just, I know you well enough to know that you approach things pretty skeptically. Yes. And I have a feeling you would approach this <clears throat> just as skeptically. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, if not more, uh-huh. for there to be, well, how, are you fishing 
are you getting info from me and then using it? Yeah. And you're, you're saying you don't think so. I couldn't. No, not necessarily. Um, some of the things I think were, well, given my age, given my marital status, mm-hmm. I think there were some like guesses sure. you could take, some yeah. leaps you could take and probably be right with most people. Yeah. Uh, she said I was going to write a book, so stay tuned for that. Okay. Let me um, know. She gave me a name of somebody that was going to be in my life that was going to be extremely important professionally that I don't know yet. Uh, I don't know, man. Did it, so you, it, it messed with you, though? It did. She's like, what's wrong with your dad? And I'm like, I don't know, lady. What's wrong with my dad? And she's like, he's dizzy. She's like, I think he's okay. But if he's on, like, blood pressure medication, he might want to get those adjusted. She's like, I don't think it's anything serious, but... He, I'm feeling dizzy when I think about him. Is this true? I don't know. I called my mom this morning, and I'm like, Mom, how's Dad? And she's like, are you dizzy? Trisha's psychic says you're dizzy. (laughs) (laughs) Man. I don't know. And I don't know how much of it I'm supposed to share. I went home and wrote it all down in my journal, and then I went through piece by piece and picked it apart and put question marks where I could put question marks and put things I'm going to look for going forward and... Man, it I, shook me though. It, yeah, well, I get it. I, I don't know it. if that is a good explanation. I don't. I don't really know that stuff. I there's we don't have enough time to really, really get into what I think that stuff is. But I think that you're messing with. I, here's the thing: a lot of people will say either is it real or not, and sort of leave, leave it. it there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the question to ask. I think the question is who is giving you this information. Because if it's something real, and there's a lot of frauds, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. And there's a lot of frauds even within the Christian world. I'm not saying that it's exclusive to non-Christian or anything. But there are people who will prophesy, well, they're reading you. They they know how to kind of pick up on cues. And we've all seen the the TV specials on exposing people like that, you know, both psychics and fake prophets and stuff. But my question, once you kind of test them, and you see, well, there's something more here. They may be using a little bit of tactics, too. But once in a while, somebody will bust something out that you're like, there's no way that you could have known that mm-hmm. either about me or about my friend or whatever it is. And then I start to go, okay, who's talking to you? What's the spirit that you're listening to? Because if it ain't the holy one, then I don't want anything to do with it. That's fair. So you do you believe that, and you don't, maybe you don't know, but do you believe that if there are spirits communicating with mediums, that they're by default malevolent. Um, by default, I'm skeptical of their motives. So, if it's God, then I want you to clearly tell me. Here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, and I want to know your full credentials on what you believe ahead of time. <laughs> if I if see it's your not, yeah, if, if you can't give me that then I'm already going, well, then I don't know who's talking to you. And even after somebody tells me that, I'm still like, well, I test it. I mean, the Bible, that's what the Bible says, test the spirits. Don't just assume, test them. And so that's the way I approach all of it, is to say, hey, maybe this person is accurate, but who's talking to you? And why are they talking to you? And if they're going to give you 90% accurate information, really it's the 10% that they're trying to get at you, you know? Because if it's a malevolent something, then... They might give you a whole bunch to give you a nice track record and then screw with you at the last second or do something. 
So that's what concerns me. And I just don't want to open those doors. So I just leave them closed. And I'm very, very careful about even cracking them. So. No, that makes sense. Wow, we went really long. So we're going to have to take a break and actually do rest of the show here. We'll be right back. More Wings of America. Spartan has set the stage on this topic by saying that, uh, surprisingly, liberals and conservatives treat COVID a little bit differently. Maybe you didn't know that. Hey, this is Wiggins America. Again, thank you for being here this morning, and happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day weekend to you. So looking at this New York Times poll from Morning Consult, says that uh, no matter really what age group you are, everybody is treating mask wearing the same at this point. Well, I shouldn't say everybody is treating it the same because when you break it out by political ideology, it is very different. But by age group, which should be one of the leading factors in determining how concerned you are with COVID, it is the exact same. So 18 to 34, 29%. 35 to 44, 28%. 45 to 64, 27%. 65 and older, 27%. It's actually a little bit lower for those who are younger, which doesn't make any sense. So, it's, But it's very, very similar. Very, very similar across the board and across age groups. However, I'm going to flip the page over here. When I look at political ideology, it changes a lot. So does the virus care about your political ideology? I don't think it does. If you're very liberal... 44% of you have decided that wearing a mask in public all the time is important. If you are conservative, only 16% are wearing a mask in public all the time. So the question is, why is that? Does the science change? Does the virus change? Not really. It is political ideology. But here's the good news on this topic. The ideology is changing. As compared to March of this year, the share of those who are very liberal, say the virus presents a great risk to their own personal health, was at about, not quite, 50%. All others, it was down around 25, and the more conservative you got, the lower it got to about 15% if you were called yourself conservative. That was back in March of 2022. As of right now, in August though, late August... Most of those have gone down a little bit. All adults in general have gone down, obviously. You know, it, as you live life and you're seeing across the board as you're living, uh, people are less concerned about COVID, and that's a good thing. And some of that can probably be attributed to, you know, better treatments and things. But I would say that <clears throat> the virus itself is probably being treated very, very differently by the media and the messaging. So that's changed a lot. The biggest drop in those who say that COVID presents a great personal risk to them is in the very liberal ideology, which again was in March at about 45 to 50%. That has dropped 13 points <clears throat> to where now it's only 34%. So that's a big drop. And I, and I think that's really what's causing there to be a big change in the way that we're treating COVID because most groups already were pretty low on that on that graph. But the very, very li- people who identify as very liberal, uh, they have come down off of being worried about that the most in the last few months. And that's good. It's affecting things like going back to school, which we just started in the last couple weeks. Um, I'm reading from the New York Times here. One example of changing liberal attitudes to in, is in-person school. When asked about the best policy for K-12 through education, a growing number of liberals support in-person school only rather than hybrid or remote learning. 
The partisan gap on this question has narrowed since earlier this year. And I do want to note, we'll read a little paragraph here that I thought, gosh, I can't believe they're actually saying this in the New York Times. Because this says a lot about where we are and where we've come from. Of course, it takes shots at Donald Trump first. It says, well, Donald Trump kind of exacerbated these things by giving some false information about the vaccines, which it doesn't even go into. But then it says this, quote, to many liberals taking COVID seriously, more seriously at times than the scientific evidence justified became an expression of identity and solidarity. As one progressive activist tweeted last year, the inconvenience of having to wear a mask is more than worth it to have people not think I'm a conservative, unquote. So I was glad to see the New York Times admit that. And again, these things are unfortunate, but they are changing. And that's good. The remaining gaps of ideology with this subject in particular, because there still is a partisan divide. It's not as if it's gone. It's just narrowing. It says that conservatives are much less likely to be vaccinated or boosted, which means that many are voluntarily exposing themselves to COVID. That's what the New York Times says. And a very liberal American remains more worried about the virus than almost any other demographic group. But this pattern does not seem consistent with scientific reality. Given that the very liberal are younger than any other ideological group, that COVID's effects are far worse for older people. But the pattern may help explain why young people in our poll reported wearing masks slightly more often than older people. And why the few schools and workplaces that still have mask mandates tend to be in liberal enclaves. It's not because of the science. It's because of ideology. Now, there are a few things that I really wish and... And, and maybe you'll push back on me. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know where you stand on this issue, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm really ready to stop testing for COVID entirely. And maybe that makes me way right of everybody else. But at this point, is COVID putting more people in the hospital than anything else? From the data that I can see, and again, I'm no scientist here, although I don't even know which science to trust anymore. But I don't know that COVID is still putting more people in the hospital. And somebody can tell me if I'm wrong about that. But I certainly think that one thing we can all agree on is that there's no reason to be treating young people any differently now. If there's a concern for older people and we could, we should treat that differently, that's okay. We can have that discussion. But at this point, having kids wearing masks in schools or having vaccine mandates even that apply to anybody under 12 or even 18 or even maybe even older than that it, it seems crazy to me that you should have and and when i say vaccine mandates i don't mean that these broad brushstroke vaccine mandates that we talked about that osha was trying to implement that the supreme court mostly struck down i'm talking about city workers in new york still are, are supposed to get vaccines now that's not kids but these vaccine mandates do exist and i think we're we've got to be at a point where we're past these things personal story I was looking at booking a little vacation over Christmas. If my wife and I can sneak away, I don't know. We'll see based on my work schedule here and based on what we can do with the kids. But we were looking at possibly taking a cruise. And our travel agents said, well, that's fine. But consider that if anybody's not vaccinated, um, that you're going to have to go on certain cruise lines because there are still vaccine mandates for those. So Certainly, we're still living in a post-COVID world. We're not past COVID. We're just post-COVID with a lot of these regulations still in place that need to go. 
And uh, I think some of them are. I mean, you know, airlines and, and a lot of these cruise lines have dropped them, but a lot haven't. So we need to get there. Anyway, this is Wiggins America. Again, appreciate your time this morning. Appreciate being able to be here with you. And we will return right after this. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.